of the associate pastors here, and um, I want to welcome you to Empower. Yes, 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 yes. I do want to give a shout out to my my sound guy who comes. Oh, he's the only guy I let come in here. <laughs> he's the only guy. No other guy. Jesus, we're going to get in trouble. Yeah, step, Jesus, and he's a guy. Just got to clarify that because, you know, people might think he's... It's not life. It should be live. I know I'm, I'm working on that because sometimes my mouth, but um, <laughs> we need, might need to edit. It's the fast talk. I'm originally from the streets, so sometimes it just come out. Then I got to remember, put the old man back and go, no, you got to be Pastor Tosh, so you got to switch your words up. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, help me. Yeah. I'm sweaty. I'm hot. I don't know. It just is it's the anointing of God up in the place. I want to encourage you that you are not going to leave here the same. I like saying that. You are not. I have some guest speakers today. It's not going to be me, but that's okay because the Lord wants to use everyone. And like he's been speaking to me about gifts and talent. Well, not talents, but gifts because talents are what you're born with. Gifts is what the Lord gives you to. You're born with it, but that's from the Lord, the gift too, for you to minister to the body. Okay. Um... I, I guess without further ado, I can't keep um, pushing people forward to walk in their gifts and talents and the anointing of God and the call in their life without me pushing my own girls. So, yeah, that's why I pushed them. They normally do music, but I went to Shazi and was like, hey, like I do you guys, you're going to teach, you teach at women. Then I kind of walk away. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. So I'm going to have a few people to, to come up. So first I'm having, she's not my baby girl. She's my oldest girl. She's still a baby girl. She's the baby girl that's the oldest. And I'm going to say her name Shazade because I call them nicknames and they, they're like they're grown women. So I had to stop calling them their nicknames because now even pastor will say Shazie's Emi or girls. But it's Shazade. They grew, come up here. My girls grew up, they basically grew up in this church. They, they started when I think Shazade was 12. 11 and, and Z, 10 and 12, something like that. 10 and 12. Now she's in her 20s. Oh, I didn't want to say. I just wanted you to say it. That's <laughs> okay. But if she don't say the age, then you won't guess my age. But when you see 27, you're like, well, I can't be 38. Just, just say it. <laughs> 27. Like she's in her 20s. 27. Yes. So uh, she likes her age. Yeah, so she, I asked her if she could share a little something. She won't be real long, she said. And she would not even tell me what she's going to talk about, which is good because I told her, whatever the Lord give you to, to give, you just give it. Don't, don't even tell me. So she did. So I have her and I have a couple other women I'm going to have come up that's going to share a little bit. So I promise we won't take too much of your time, but at the same time, we want the Lord to have his way and do what he wants to do today, okay? So without further ado, my baby girl, who's the oldest girl, Shazay. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Praise God this evening. So I'm just going to read briefly out of John, and then I'm just going to, like, talk about it, um, just so I can give you a background of what I'm going to be speaking about. So it's um, out of John, uh, chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. It's a lot, so I'm just going to read it quickly. So when Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Because they were out on a boat. They came um, back from the trip, and they were all hungry, like most of us are. So he said this to Philip to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do about feeding people. 
So Philip answered him, 200 pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Like, basically, we don't have enough for anybody, so I don't know what you're talking about, Jesus. So one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, there's a boy here, you know, he has five barley loaves and two fish, but, like, what are they going to do among so many people? And Jesus said, make them all sit. So there was a lot of grass in the place. They sat down, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, which he had given thanks. He distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes, as much as they would. So they eat as much as they wanted. They were fine. They ate, 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 ate. So when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, so gather up the, the remainders, and that nothing's lost. So they had overflow and abundance, and they filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five which remained and above them that had eaten. So my points are Jesus had um, something that needed to be done. They had came, they come back from the trip. They were hungry and there was just so many people and they're like, how are we going to feed this many people? Like something needs to be done about people that need to eat. And there was someone willing and prepared and ready to go when Jesus had that need. So there is a boy that had you know, his five, his five loaves, his two fish, which they all thought wasn't going to be enough for so many people. Like, what do I have to give, Lord? What do I have that, that you really need from me? I only have this much. I only have this little. But to that moment in time, that boy was ready to provide what he had to Jesus and was ready to offer it up willingly and without questioning, without saying this is enough. He's like, this is what I have, Lord. Do with it as you may choose. So his posture was like of obedience and faith. He was obedient to God and saying, this is what I need. Here is what I have. And he had faith that Jesus was going to do what he needed to do, which was to feed those people at that point in time. And that Jesus takes like what you have and makes use of it. So whatever you are saying to the Lord, hey, this is what I do. This is what I see myself doing in this world. This is what I have at my job or my school or my family. This is what I am given at this moment in time. What do I need to do to be used? And how can I be of assistance to you, Jesus? Because you're going to take what I have and multiply it and, and do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think because of his power that's in us to do what he wants us to do. So I'm just saying to stay into God's perfect will and his timing, have that posture of obedience and use your faith and let him do what he wants you to do in your life. You just have to be willing and ready and prepared. <laughs> That's just the beginning for her. She just watered something. You watered it. All right, now I got, I'm going to bring up um, one of the evangelists in the house. Kelly, you next. So, <laughs> Kelly, you next. Bring up the evangelist. Come on up here. I start calling them stuff, and they're like, what do you, what? I'm like, we do. We have to speak things like that, because PT always just say, you. yes, that's what you do. You got to catch them, honey, and then you can also help clean them, and then we can bring them here. We clean them, too. I'm getting better. Listen. Okay, come on. She's cha- We're all getting changed every day. Thank you, Lord. It's just that we listening, willing and obedient to when he does say tw- uh, tweak something. Are we going to do it? Or are we comfortable with our stuff? We like our little pet demons. We want to keep the pet demons. We don't want to let them go, right? 
telling you. Yeah, we got they got to go because sometimes you're so comfortable with them. You don't even know that they're a little pet demon. We got to help you. The fivefold ministers and all that say, listen, that's a little pet demon. Let it go. Even though you try to hold on to it, get the leash off of it. He's not your friend. Take the leash off. He's not your friend. Okay, all right, here we go. Oh, my gosh. Hallelujah. Okay. Oh, this is awesome. So we're going to do something a little different tonight. Um, I say that I think every time I come here. Maybe I don't. Maybe I just think I do. Um, But let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for this night. We consecrate it to you. We consecrate ourselves to you, spirit, soul, body, heart, mind, and will. And we just thank you for your glory. We just ask tonight that you would wow us, that you would just show us your glory What will you have us do, Father? We just ask that you would continue to convict us, that you would just continue to show us mysteries and secrets, that you would reveal to us things that only your Holy Spirit can reveal, that you would touch every single person here in our families, Father, that you would use us as your willing vessels as you see fit to bring you glory on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Yeshua HaMashiach, amen. Okay, so I wanted to talk to you guys about friendship tonight, friendship friends and what does that look like so I know a lot of you know you know this last month was rough for some people with losing a very close friend sister in Christ Cindy and when that happened everything changed for me I started reevaluating my life I started reevaluating my friendships I started reevaluating who I was as a woman who I was as a friend and I was mad at some people I was mad I was mad for just Things being brought to my attention, you know, there were times that Cindy came to me and sat me down and had some concerns and wanted to speak and share about gossiping or judging or being clicky or not accepting people for, you know, who they are and trying to help me learn maybe a different way. And I just blew her off, you know, because don't you know, I know everything. Okay, spirit of pride looks really horrible on me. And I didn't see it then, and I saw it after she died. And I was grieved. I grieved the Holy Spirit, okay? And my heart was was radically changed, and I started, and yes, I was mad at people at first, and then God wanted me to look at myself. And so thank God he used those people that I was mad at, you know, to show me, okay, well, if it's in them, that's between them and God, right? If the Holy Spirit wants me to bring it to their attention, there'll be a perfect time. But for now, let's look at myself. Let's look. Let's see here, right? So praise God that he has humbled me under his mighty hand, that in due time he can exalt me, and I cast my cares upon him, for he cares for me, and I know that, and I'm sober and I'm vigilant, because the enemy of ours roams around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, and I will not be for breakfast. I am not going to be for lunch or dinner or any snack in between. None of it. So I'm not going to be devoured. However, I have to have a sound mind, and I have to realize, right, that if I'm operating in pride, if I'm operating in the know-it-all spirit and I'm all opinionated and, I can, and I'm running around telling everybody how they should run and live their life, I'm not humbling myself, right? So unfortunately, for in my life, God used this death, this tragic death, to show me how to be a better friend. And so I started taking one by one each person and reevaluating. Okay, I could have done this, you know, I can do this better. I looked back and I said I could have loved her better. I could have done things a little differently. You know, I could have accepted her more, I believe, for where she was at. Had I known what I know today, I would have done things. Now I'm not beating myself up, but hindsight is 2020. Now I want to move forward in the awareness that the Holy Spirit has given me and say, I don't want to do that ever again. I don't ever have to be back there. If I don't ever want to be, I don't ever have to be back there. That's a choice that I'm choosing to make. I don't want to talk about people. I don't want to judge you. I don't really care. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you through your stuff because that's what friends do. And that's what Jesus does for us, right? We're not going to get around and sit and have soap opera boxes whatever and talking about people you know so when this was brought to my attention after her her death I realized we have to reevaluate we got to readjust now you know 
I don't want to be click. I don't want to be a part of any click or group or social setting. I'm over it. So for me, I had to say, who have I hurt? You know, and what is my mouth done? Now, listen, if 46,892 people come to me and tell me that I have a mouth on me, I need to look at that. Okay. I'm the common denominator. Okay. It's not everybody else. Oh, that's your problem with God. No, Kelly needs to look at that. So I want to have real talk with you guys tonight. I want to talk to you guys honestly and truthfully about what friendship really should look like and what that does it look like in your life? Are you a good friend? And so I wrote things down because I didn't want to be long and I wanted to get to the point because I think we're lacking in the body of Christ. I think we're lacking a godly friendships. I do. And listen, if I can say it about myself, I'm sure. I mean, unless you guys are perfect. And if you're perfect, God bless you. I'll just preach to myself. But listen, after all this, I realized operating in the spirit of pride and thinking you've arrived is not acceptable in the kingdom of God. Okay. So praise God that he had to show me some hard truths. And you know what? I'm so grateful because I'm not going to spend my life hurting people. I was hurting people and didn't even know it. So that's got to change. So I want to ask you guys, what kind of friend are you? And do you even know what kind of friend you are? I don't care if you're a pastor of a church, if you're the CEO of a company, if you're an associate pastor, if you're the leader of a group, a Bible study, a stay-at-home mom, you have to ask yourself, what kind of friend are you to people really? Like, what do people say about you? You know, do they, do they say things like, oh, you know, you're not very nice with your mouth when you correct me or you're over-opinionated or you think you're always right? I mean, these are things that, you know, I have to look at. I don't want to be that person anymore, you know? And I did do a little survey, which we'll get to later on. It didn't work out as I planned. I had this whole thing and, you know, that's okay. So are people safe with you? So for me, I'm learning that people just, they need a safe place, okay? So if Jesus is my safe place and we're called to, you know, to be Jesus to people, then how can people come to me and not feel safe if I'm representing Jesus Christ? I mean, honestly, if somebody comes to me and says, I can't tell you certain things, or I can't really be around you because uh, you're going to judge me. You know, you've judged me for X amount of years, or you're going to talk about me behind my back because I know you've done it before because you've done it to me with so-and-so. How am I representing Jesus truly in, in the body of Christ? And I'm asking you guys this, like, ask yourself, you know, these questions. So do people come to you with their hearts, and can you be trusted with their hearts? God told me a long time ago, I was in Sewell's Point, living in Sewell's Point. Um, I was getting ready to go to Luann's for Kingdom Recovery, and there was somebody in my life that was irritating. She was irritating to me. I'm like, why can't she get it? Why can't she figure this out? And this was when I was like on the religious kick where I'm like, I have, I have the answers. You need to get the answers. And I was very dogmatic, which is apparently not attractive. If you want to take notes, not attractive. So I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the water, my dog's in the yard, and I'm, I'm thinking about her, and I'm like, God, what is the problem? Why is she like this? And she also was a lot like me in, in, back in addiction. There was a similar spirit, so sometimes it rubs us wrong when we come out of certain things, and I didn't know all that at the time, but I was very judgmental, I was very critical. And God told me, I'm standing there, out looking at the water, and he said, you can't be trusted with her. And I was like, well, who are you to say that about me? And I'm thinking, I'm arguing with God. I'm like, don't you know I'm a great friend? No, I wasn't a great friend. And she pulled away because I wasn't a very good friend at the time. And it is what it is. And I ran to Luann's and I told James. And James was like, oh my gosh, you heard God like that? That's huge. I'm like, but he's wrong. I can be trusted. I can be trusted. <laughs> I'm a little over the top. And he's like, no, obviously you can't be. If she's not in your life, you know, maybe you've heard her. And I wasn't ready to look at that, but praise God she's in my life today. And He's given me another chance to love her, right? Thank God for that. 
Um, so can we be trusted with people in their hearts? Or are we too busy trying to tell people how to live their life because we could be like Pharisees and we have all the answers? Look, I'm probably just preaching to myself. I know none of you guys have ever in your whole life been here, ever. Um, but we have all the answers, but we don't really live it. You know, because there is a difference between really knowing him and really living for him. Amen. So do people feel compassion when they're with you or do they feel controlled? Because, you know, Kelsey can tell you in the beginning of our friendship, and we have a divine, godly friendship today because we work through the hard stuff and we let each other speak into each other's lives. Not everybody has friendships like we have because, you know, we get, we get really raw. And it's not fun sometimes when we get honest with each other. You know, and when she speaks into my life, I snap back with an attitude, and I'm not the sweetest Christian. And then I have to look at myself. But thank God she can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> And same when I share with her, you know, it's like, whoa, really? I didn't know, you know, but that to me, because God is revealing to me, that's true godly friendship. And, and it's not being emulated enough in the church. And I'm grateful that God gave me a friend that we're able to, to exemplify what it looks like because it's important because I never had this before. Um, I used to try to control her. And if she didn't do it my way, man, is World War III? Like, who am I? Right? So one day we, we had an issue. And God started talking to me because I was, I was trying to get, convince her that she was wrong and I was right and this is the way and it's this way and this is his way and it doesn't matter when he didn't reveal it to her yet. But I didn't know that. I was baby. I was a little baby, still in diapers. And God gave me a vision and it was so beautiful. I'll never forget it. I was on the side of your house, on the sidewalk in Jensen Beach, the old house. And he said to me, if you can't not control your best friend, what makes you think you're not going to control your husband? And he said, you are not ready because you can't even knock control. I was like, I'll shape up right now. I'll shape I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then he gave me this impression. And I was driving. I was in the car with my husband. And there was no spirit of control. It was, it was a place of peace. And I was free. And my husband was free. And it was beautiful. And I said to myself, oh, my gosh, he's preparing me. But he used Kelsey. A lot of, a lot of things because I really tried to control. And she was not having it. So, do we have compassion or do we control people? We've got to ask ourselves these questions. And only you guys know, and of course, I'm going to encourage you to ask your friends how they feel about you. Let them get honest. You know, let them speak into your life if you're willing. I know that's not everybody's favorite thing to do. Um, so do people feel like they're growing and maturing when they come to you or like you're keeping them down so that they don't rise above you? And that's a big, big thing with women. I'm just going to speak it, okay? There is a, there is a spirit in the church where people don't want to always see people exceed. And I'm not saying that that's here. Listen, we do things out in the world. I'm saying, okay, well, it could be anywhere. The bottom line is we need to not be operating like that because Jesus Christ never did that to his disciples. He encouraged them. He pushed them forward. He loved on them to a place. What did he say to Peter? Satan, get behind him. Sometimes I got to say to somebody, Satan, get behind her. And it's got to be said to me. Okay, but we want to see each other rise up. I want to see people go farther than I am. That's what I really want to see. I have never been more excited for somebody when they get truly set free, when there's a deliverance that happens and they're like soaring with God. There is no, let me just keep you down because I don't feel so great about myself. There, that can't be anymore. It just can't be. And, I'm, and I learned too after Cindy dying that there was a lack of unity with her that now I'm seeing today all people want are to be loved and accepted. And who cares where they're at? Why can't I, me, I'm going to speak to my, about myself, why can't I just love people for where they're at and stop looking at 
maybe what they've done wrong or what demons they need to be delivered from or what their past looks like or whatever. I need to just love people today for where they are because you know what? None of us apparently are making it out of here alive, okay? So we don't know. Amen, right? We don't know. And, and I thought about that. What if, you know, I started thinking, man, there, was, there were regrets after her passing. And it catapulted me into another level of compassion and friendship with people that I've never had before. You know, and God does work things together for our good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And I'm thinking to myself, there were so many times that she wanted to teach me. I was not teachable with her. And the woman is with him right now in his glory living her best life. She's more alive today than she's ever been in her whole life. And she's teaching me more today than she ever did on this earth. And I'm very grateful for that. So can people come to you and tell you when you have hurt them or done something out of line or maybe just made them feel a certain way and you take it to God and decide to take a good hard look at it? Or do you say, well, that's between you and God and that's your problem or that's your issue? Because I've had people come to me and say, you've been judgmental. You've been gossipy. You've been a little clicky. You've been what, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, but I don't receive it because I'm not willing to look at myself. And maybe you guys want to take a look. If people have said something to you that keeps reoccurring, I encourage you to look at it. There's nothing wrong with seeing something maybe not in alignment with God and saying, you know what, God, I don't know. Listen, my mouth, my mouth has gotten me in a lot of trouble. And more recently, I have shaped up big time because when I had somebody put me in my place lately, I didn't like it. I didn't like how it felt to know that this is so unacceptable. And if it continues, friendship's over. And I didn't like that. And I had to look at myself and say, wow, this is a reoccurring issue, Kelly Ann Conway. Stop what you're doing and either ask God to help you. I wasn't asking him for help. I mean, you'd think after 34 years and my mouth's been an issue for at least 20 of them. I don't know, maybe, uh, don't ask me to add, subtract, divide, multiply. It's been a long time, probably as to, since I was 11, my mouth has been an issue. And it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Always been my issue. And that, yeah, she knows, because it's like I have this tone that comes on me. And listen, it's not attractive. When people look at me and hear that, they're not saying, oh, I want what you have. You're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're walking with Jesus and I can't wait to serve the God you serve. I mean, and I'm like thinking, how am I representing him? Am I, you know, I'm, I'm, there may have been areas I represented him wrong and that's okay. I'm willing to look and say, okay, father, help me with my mouth. So ask yourself these questions. Ask yourself, you know, where, where are the areas that maybe I'm lacking in a friend? Listen, Jesus is a friend of sinners. Okay. He's our friend. We're secure in him. And my, my friendship with Jesus, I'm secure. I could tell him anything whenever I want. However, no matter how much shame I may feel in that moment, I can run to him. That's the kind of friend that I want to be to people. So ask your friends, ask your coworkers, ask your family what kind of friend you really are and be prepared for the answers. I encourage you guys to be prepared. Listen, I did this survey. I was expecting more negative. I wanted people to tell me. I asked my friends, I need you to tell me some good things and some bad things about me. And I, and this is a, like, anything fly zone. I don't care how bad it is. I, I'm doing a survey on a teaching. I need to know the truth. Okay, I only got three or four people out of 20 people want to tell me anything negative about myself, which wasn't helpful. I, I specifically was trying to, the Lord downloaded this in the middle of the night. It was March 23rd at three, in the, three o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I have to wake up and do a teaching right now. I couldn't believe it. And it was all about friendship. And so I'm writing and I'm writing. And then he tells me, now I want you to ask your friends what kind of friend you are. After I wrote up the teaching, 
He said, I want you now to go ask them and get the negative and then share it, you know, because it's okay to know when things are wrong with you. It's okay to not be perfect. Listen, I, seriously, this is a real issue here. Recently thought I was pretty perfect up until recently. I'm just going to share. I (laughs) recently things change. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not perfect. I have not arrived. And um, rude awakening because apparently I was living in some kind of distortion. Okay. And some kind of facade. I don't even know. I don't care what it is. All I know is that I'm not, and I'm sorry. And I'm grateful that he showed me. And I don't want to even think I'm perfect anymore. I don't know. Maybe I liked it and I didn't even know. I mean, maybe, you know, there's a spirit of perfectionism that has been on me my whole life that I thought if you, you have to be a certain way and you know what? It's okay. You don't have to be a certain way. You know, you have to be who he's called you to be. You have to be your most excellent in him and let him work out the kinks. And if you have really good godly friends that want to share truth, you know, maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's, you don't show up for plans, whatever it is, ask your friends. Cause they're going to tell you if they're, if you have these divine friendships from God, they're ordained and set up for a reason. Iron sharpens iron. So we're called to edify, encourage, and build each other up. That's what we're here to do. Um, I, I feel personally like friendship means security. There's a security in it. Like I sometimes act out a certain way with Kelsey because I'm safe with her. So I'm not safe with everybody. So I'm not going to act a certain, I act like a fool sometimes, but I know she loves me. And there's a, there's a type of love that comes with when you're walking in these relationships with God. God is the center. He's the center of our friendship, right? We spend a lot of time on the phone praying. We spend a lot of time fasting together. We do things that we don't share with anybody else. And there's a security in it. And when I do go off the deep end, which happens, you know, and then I got to come back and apologize, I, I see the, the, the safety and the security that I could be who I'm meant to be and who I'm called to be even in my flaws and she still loves me. That's God. He loves us. So I want to have friendships that emulate God. God is not a dictator, okay? I used to be a dictator when I was captain of the dance team. Well, why do I have to share this? It's so embarrassing. It's not even funny, but it's, it's not funny. When I was captain of the dance team in high school, they used to call me Hitler, okay? I mean, seriously. And then recently I started, I looked up, what friendship means, we're going to get into that, and dictatorship. And I was like, oh my gosh, that carried into my Christian relationships. I used to be a dictator. Like I needed to dictate to you how to live your life because I know the answers and you don't and you should listen. Well, let me tell you something. People don't want to be around that. Okay, and I've learned very quickly, nobody wants that in their life. Jesus didn't do that to us. So if I'm supposed to emulate Jesus, I got to look at, you know, some of these things, stop looking at everybody else and and look at myself. So if someone doesn't feel safe with us, then we need to take a look at that. Chances are, if we, if people don't feel safe with us, chances are we're not safe to be around. And, and that's okay for now. That has to change. If God's going to use us in, in his fullness, we need to be safe people. We need to be people that can be trusted. We don't run our mouths. We don't talk about people. You know, we don't share other people's stuff. I've been guilty of that for my whole life. Wait till we get into the other part of the teaching. Somebody shared something with me, and I thought... Man, he should have never told me that because now my whole life changed. So friendship, let's talk about the definition and just going to run through these. It's friendship is a state of enduring affection, esteem, intimacy, into me you see, and trust between two people. In all cultures, friendships are important relationships throughout a person's lifespan. The emotions or conduct of friends, the state of being friends, a state of mutual trust and support between allied nations, a state of being. So what does that mean? I love that. It's a state of being. It's a noun, and the state of being is the overall physical condition of a person as opposed to a mental condition, state of mind. You can think you're a good friend all you want, but are you a good friend? 
because I thought I was a good friend. And apparently, if I'm in a state of something, that's who I am, not what I think. So I had to ask my, I'm like, well, I thought I was a good friend. And I started asking people and they shared things with me that I need to, you know, look at. And it was great. So, yes, thinking we're a good friend and being a good friend are two different things. So true godly friendship, I see what that is today. And I've seen where I've made the mistakes. And I've seen, you know, where God is really growing me in an area he told me several months ago, your, your ministry is friendship, Kelly. And I never shared that with anybody until right now. I think maybe I told one person and I didn't understand. He was preparing me. See, he was really preparing me. And I'm thinking, what does that even mean? Not everybody knows how to be a friend. And unfortunately, the body's hurting because we're not loyal. We're not faithful to him first. And then we're not faithful to each other. And, you know, as women, we come out of a world of cattiness and pettiness, and we see it everywhere. We got to be different. We have to, we have to show the world that we can stick together, right? Empowered women, right? We empower people. We stick together. We don't talk about each other. We don't stab each other behind each other's backs. We don't do that. We operate in a different realm because we're the citizens of the kingdom of heaven. We're daughters of the most high God. So when, when he started showing me this, I thought, okay, we got to tweak some things and it's okay. Listen, my friends will tell you right now, I've taken a step back. I have reevaluated. I'm not the same person. They'll tell you right now, I'm not the same person. We don't talk the same. We don't even act the same anymore because God had to deal with me. He had to deal with my mouth. He had to deal with my heart. There was a heart issue going on right? Thinking you know everything and thinking you're better than people is a serious heart issue. Okay, so we can also be friends with people and have friendships with non-believers and still be godly friends to them. We don't have to tell them what's wrong with them. We don't have to tell them they're going to hell. They already know, okay? We're supposed, me, I'm supposed to emulate Jesus Christ and what his peace and his joy and his love looks like. And people should be coming to me and saying, wow, what do you have that I don't have? What is, what is it that, you know, you, you walk with, or, you know, some people call it the universe, you know, and I meet with women all the time that have, you know, they they believe in the universe, whatever God created the universe, right? But I don't have to go telling them and shoving Jesus down their throat. If I can't be Jesus to somebody, then I should not be talking Jesus to them because my walk is going to say a lot more than my talk. And listen, things have changed recently and I'm watching people. I'm watching their walk and I'm watching their talk and I'm not sitting here judging them. I'm saying, what can I do differently serving God? Because I hear a lot of people say, well, this Christian wasn't very nice to me and she judged me and she came over here and I don't want to be that person because it's everywhere in the church. So we got to be different. Like we really got to be different. And I'm passionate about this because of what happened recently and because I saw so many mistakes I saw so many things that I did wrong but I gave it to him for his glory and now he's turning it around and in the blink of an eye as soon as I repented he started changing everything all my friendships have changed so are you a friend or are you a dictator let's talk about the definition of a dictator it's a ruler with total power over a country Typically one who has obtained control by force, a person who behaves in an autocratic way. In ancient Rome, a chief magistrate with absolute power appointed in an emergency. So a dictator is also a political leader who possesses absolute power. A dictatorship is a state ruled by one dictator by a small clique. The word originated as the title of a Roman dictator elected by the Roman Senate to rule the Republic in times of emergency. So I used to be a dictator. Now that God has spoken truth to my heart, I can say, I don't want to be that way anymore. I don't want to go telling people how they need to live their life because the word of God, he talks about Abraham was a friend of God looking at friendship. What does that mean? He trusted Abraham. Abraham trusted God. I'm sorry, but dictators can't be trusted. Can they? 
And when I was operating in that, I could not be trusted. People did not feel safe to be around me. So what about leadership? Definition is the action of leading a group or people or an organization. The state or position of being a leader. Leaders of an organization, country, etc. Leadership is the ability of an individual or a group of individuals to influence and guide followers or other members of an organization. Now this is just my personal opinion here. You cannot be a leader and be a bad friend. You can't. They don't go together. Okay? Jesus was an amazing leader and a very good friend. He shows us how to walk like him. He shows us what it looks like to have compassion on the prostitutes and the addicts and the tax collectors and the people with leprosy, COVID, demons, whatever we want to call it, anybody that needs prayer. You know, he shows us what it really looks like. And I think sometimes we forget to bring it back to basics. I think we forget the heart of the heart of who he is, right? He's our friend. God, our father, Jesus, our friend, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, operating in, in the fullness, Right? It's so important that we see this for what it really is because as we're walking with him and people come to us, they are going to have a safety. We might be the only Jesus people ever see. The only Jesus, the only Bible they ever see. They may get in our presence and that's the only time in their whole life they ever feel the, the power and presence of God. And I hope that when that happens, they're experiencing the heavenly realm for the first time, that they're really experienced, because my heart is clean, because my heart is pure, because I'm not sitting around looking at you saying, oh, she could do this, she could do that. Oh, do I have to listen to another person? Listen, there was a time recently, I was on the phone, and somebody was talking, like over an hour, just talk, 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 couldn't get a word in, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, God, why? I'm in bed, and I'm complaining, right? I asked for Jesus to help me love on people, and then I'm complaining about my friend needing to talk, and he says to me, this is where I have you right now. He let me know this is where I have you. This is not forever. This is temporary. I've entrusted you with this person right now. When you're married and you're laying in bed with your husband, you're not going to be having these phone calls. And I was like, case in point. So there's a period of time where he's given me to be able to bless people by list, just giving a listening ear. Who cares if she talked for an hour? You know. So these are things that he's been revealing to me and showing me, am I trustworthy with the little things? Can he trust me with that hour phone call? Or am I going to sit there and be like, oh, I can't believe I can't get a word in edgewise. Oh my gosh, is she ever going to stop? Here I am praying for God to bring me people. It's like an oxymoron. What am I doing? You know and, how to reel it back in and really ask myself, what is going on in my heart? You know, well, when that spirit of pride comes on you or on me, you do think you know everything and you start to get very judgmental, critical. And listen, it's not good. It's not a good place to live. And I know every single one of you have been there and every single one of you know what it looks like on another person. And I guarantee you, you run, you run opposite direction. So the only title that I want in this life is that I was a good friend and that I loved people like Jesus. Jesus, friend of sinners, he break our hearts for what breaks yours. So what breaks his heart? I'll tell you one thing, I know gossip does. I know gossip does. And I, listen, recently, this was really hard for me. I didn't even want to share it in the notes. Somebody shared with me. He told me to try something. And I, I was talking about situations and I was upset about a lot of things that were going on. He said, the next time you're on the phone with one of your friends or if you're with them in person, if, if anybody brings someone up for any reason and that person isn't with you guys, I want you to say to them, they're not here. Let's not talk about them. And he said, sooner or later, you and your friends are going to have nothing to talk about. And he was right because I tried it. 
okay? And I was very disturbed, and I felt so convicted, and I was like, what have I done? You know, I really went somewhere. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I'm thinking, well, you know, you try to justify. I started justifying. And then I don't say anything, but then I'm listening, and it's just as bad. I don't want to even hear it. So this is included in any area. It could be coworkers. could be in a Bible study. It could be at church. It could be in your family. It doesn't matter. So the Lord really started showing me that a woman at rest, right, because we're, we're called to emulate him, right, it's in, the, in his fullness. So a woman at rest is the essence and the nature of God at rest. A striving, controlling, manipulating and makes people feel on edge and not safe. Has anybody ever been around a controlling, manipulating woman? Okay, so you know what it's like, correct? You know that there's like a, you don't feel safe. Okay, be the opposite of that. There is something beautiful about a woman at rest and a woman at ease, <laughs> free in her own skin, not proving, not striving, not trying to convince anyone of anything, but just at total peace. That is where true beauty lies. And unfortunately, we don't see enough of this. And so I've been so convicted with everything that's been going on and really asking God, show me, show me where I've gone wrong. Show me the things that I've done. So I did this survey. I like texted 15 or 20 of my friends and I was like, I need you to share with me some things that, you know, in our friendship, things that are good and some negative and it's okay to tell me the truth, you know, and I'm so bummed that like only three people wanted to share because there was a whole point um, to it and that's okay. It's not, it's not that big of a deal, but I was like, guys, really? Like, I think they were afraid. I don't know. Maybe they didn't want to tell me, but I'm like, I need this because if I don't know, you see something in me, but I might not see it, you know, so iron does truly sharpen iron. So I had many women call me up and say, you, this was not the plan. I was just being obedient to God and I thought it was going to go a certain way and it didn't. And that's okay. I wasn't controlling anything. Praise God. They said, you know, you really encouraged me to look at myself. I'm not ready to ask my friends yet what I need to look at, but hearing you humble yourself and be so willing to do this has really changed my perspective. And I was like, really? Praise God. I think that's beautiful. So some of the things I, I was going to share with you guys, my whole point of this is it's okay to have things wrong with you. It's okay for your friends to tell, tell you that maybe you did a little X, Y, and Z, or maybe you, and you're okay. You're not going to be perfect. We all make mistakes. He loves us anyway. And it's a beautiful thing to be able to look at yourself and humble yourself. It's a humbling. See, we're, we're called to serve. We're here to submit to one another. We humble ourselves and it's okay to not have all the answers. It's okay to not be the best friend. That's doable. That's changeable. We can make a choice to change, right? As long as we're willing to look at ourselves, And as long as we're willing to look at ourselves, God is going to use that. And he is going to be glorified. Just like the survey. I didn't know he was going to be glorified like that. I thought it was going to be here. So somebody shared with me that I need to work on accepting other people for who they are, that it would benefit me very much. I need to let people do what they need to do to make them happy and to do what I need to do to make me happy. They said, you talk about people and praise God. See, I like when I read it, I was like, I've been working on this, but I asked for the truth, right? So, so, you know, you talk about people and maybe if someone has a problem, they should go to you or the person directly. I think if you put that energy that you have put into worrying about others and what they're saying and doing into yourself, you would grow so much. Don't dwell on the drama. The same person that said about not talking about people and then you have nothing to talk about says to me one day on the phone, like, there's a lot of drama. And I was like, drama? There is no drama. I didn't like that. 
And then I start thinking, and I'm like, oh, gosh, there's a lot of drama. I don't think we need drama in the church. I don't think we need any drama. I think we need to be drama-free and be able to help people walk and live the way that God has called them to live, not how he's called me to live, but how God's called you to live, to help you in your purpose and the plans that God has for you, because that's what we're called to do. I really feel like we're here to edify, encourage, and build each other up, help the person find their plan and their purpose, help them walk in you know, the calling that God has called them in, not be jealous or envious or whatever, just to push people forward. I think that's a, the, a beautiful thing. Somebody said that um, my, our passion will come across as frustrating or just too much. <laughs> Never heard that one before. And it's funny because this, this friend did it an hour. She was like, this is what we do. And I was like, all right. Okay, so she said, trying to be too much to too many people, over committing, struggling to balance self and others, delivery. Learn, she said she's learning this on her own right now. Tone of voice, we come off very strong, and I don't need a microphone, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, yeah, because the tone is, is, is very important. I, I have had an issue with my tone my whole life, and I'm working on that, and praise God, I can't work on something that I'm not even aware is a problem. And then somebody else said, and this is like, I'm like, I read it today. I'm like, of course she did. When you believe something is truth, you won't hear it any other way. When things change or something happens or affects you personally, you shut down. You won't take suggestions at the time. And sometimes you aren't nice, even though you don't mean to direct it at me, you do. And so I took that today and I was like, Father, help me not be like that. Help me to be a better friend because my heart right now is to be the very best friend that God has called me to be. Um, I'm here to encourage your walk with God and your relationship with God, not to be your God. And there is a very big difference. Okay, there's a very big, we gotta ask ourselves. So do we have compassion for people? Do we have the real, I'm, I'm talking like people are really hurting, but are we so busy being right and needing to give our opinion that we can't share real, true compassion and love and, and humble ourselves and maybe just sit and listen Okay, so just a few, listen, I have like 10 pages of scripture on friendship. I'm not reading them all to you. I'm going to read some of them to you. Where you, okay, Ruth 117, where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also if anything, but death parts me from you. Ecclesiastes 4.12, and though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him, and threefold cord is not easily broken. Proverbs eleven thirteen. whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps them covered. Um, I'm going to read, I want to read Corinthians. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body, be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist its own way, and it's not irritable or resentful. So I just want to ask you guys to continue to think about these things and ask people in your life, if you're willing ask them what kind of friend are you and if you're willing to change praise god i love you guys thank you for letting me share i can i can really tag team her on that but i won't on <laughs> a whole bunch of stuff come up maria i'm getting maria going i can't say that today in my study the lord did speak to me about relationships i will say that um because in order for us to learn forgiveness and loyalty and, and love, we have to have relationships to do that, right? So I thank God for that. But I, something you hit me that was saying that when 
25,000 people come to you and say something. It's funny because what hit me is that people did that to Jesus where they went to him and said, you're a, Bezel- you're a Beelzebub. You're a liar. You're this. You're that. So sometimes be careful that even if your friends, some people say their friends come to you and say something, does not necessarily mean that is from the Lord. That can be their own mess. And that's the truth that they're dealing with and they put off on you. Because even though I know for myself, people think I'm very strong and this and that. And I like things a certain way. I hear the Holy Ghost say, you can tweak that a little. But I also know that he does things in excellence and he likes things in order. So if he's having me do it a certain way and you don't like it, then that's when we do say, that's between you and the Lord because I have to be obedient. Now, we always make sure we operate in love and talk because we have to be good friends. We do. That's how we represent Jesus. Okay. But also know that he doesn't have everyone in your life supposed to be your friend. We'll say that part. Everyone's not your friend. He wants you properly aligned with people because your relationships are life and death. Your relationships are what's going to boost you to that next level that he has for you. So some of you may have relationships that God is calling to cut off right now because they're not growing. And it's okay to love them as they go. You know, because he wants right now in this season, there are, he is aligning us with certain women. And there are some that he is saying, get on, keep it moving because you're not going to my level and it's okay. Okay. I'm going to love you as I pray you that way. And you do what God's calling you to do. And I'm going to do what God is calling me to do because we're all going toward the same goal. And it's about the kingdom. So I'm so glad you brought that up because it's true. We have to make sure we are properly aligned with the right people. They have our breakthrough. So what if we with someone who doesn't have the breakthrough? They're going to give us a breakdown. Either we're with the right people so we can get properly healed, or we're going to be over here with the wrong person getting bitter, mad, upset, offended. And it's like, come on. Because sometimes you have to look and go, why am I always offended? Or why do I always be irritated with you? Because God said, I'm telling you to get away from them. Okay, just love them and then check yourself. What's in me? Why am I irritated? Is it something in them that I'm dealing with? Is it something in them that's in me that I need to get out? Hear God first for yourself because he does do that. He talks to you because when you start talking about someone else, you got to go, hmm, what's in them? Okay, this must be in me. <laughs> Lord, help me with this because something is in me. Because always check yourself before you look at someone else and go, I said that Sunday, take out the beam out, the whole plank out your own eye. Deal with your own stuff, and then you can minister to other people. You know, take this back. Okay, come on, Maria. I just had to. I'm like, I love that. So I'm sitting here like this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, Kelly. You know, you start getting, you're like, okay. But that's just, that's the prophetic in me that starts getting, okay. Love you. Here. Father God, thank you for this opportunity. Father God, bless everybody that is here. Father God, those that could not make, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, Lord, and I, I ask you, Holy Spirit, to flow through me, which I don't have a lot of time, but that's okay. Every word that comes out from you, Father God, is powerful because it's from you, your word. Your word is true and life, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for TCVC and all the other ones that are preaching the truth, the kingdom of God, Father God, in Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Evangel- uh, uh, let me tell you, if, even before I go there, if, okay, I'm not going to make too, uh, make it too long. I'm going to make it short. I'm not going to go through all my notes. I just want to tell you a testimony that happened to me. The devil is a lie and the father of lies, and he knew that I was invited to, 
to be up here. Uh, I moved. I'm sorry, but you already know me. So, oh, good. Okay. So I was invited, and um, but before the, the day that Pastor Latasha told me I was sitting behind her, you gonna uh, Maria, you're gonna speak at the women's meeting, and immediately the Lord told me what to say. And it was about the, the body of Christ and the gifts. We all are called to do something. We all have gifts inside of us. God chose us before the foundation of the world. So when he chose each one of us, he already knew the gifts and the callings that we had. Because he knows the beginning to the ending from the end to the beginning. Okay? So we all, don't put yourself down because you're not calling a pastor, evangelist, prophet, well, Apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and preacher. We all have a calling. We all can evangelize. You don't have to have the, the title evangelist. Uh, you know, she's evangelist. No, she's an apostle. She's this, she's that. No, we all have a place to, uh, to play in the kingdom of God. There's always something for us to do. It doesn't matter what. Could be giving a, a glass of water to a, a homeless, to a poor. That, you know a friend of mine? from uh, Palm Coast, I'll say it quick. She had an, an old man knocking on her door for a glass of water. She opened the door, she called me up, and uh, he said, I'm here to have a glass of water. I ask you to, to give me water. She goes, I don't know you, I can't. He said, but it's important that I come in and drink in your house. She said, but I can't, I don't know you. I'll get it and then I'll bring it out. He said, no, I have to go in. And then she said, come in. So he, he came to the kitchen, she gave her the water. She called me right after, okay? And then he, after she, he drank the water, he said, I gotta go now. And she said, okay, bye. He looked back and he said, bye, but I'll see you again. You know who that was? An angel or Jesus? She was tested. Okay? Same thing happened to me. Don't tell me. Are we going to talk? But I lied. I'm going to. You're going to laugh. I'm going to make you laugh. I lied a little bit. Okay? I was a, a head cashier. I had so much to do. And I. It was four, five, and six cashiers. The uh, register open. Open. I was the head cashier giving the money to the girls. And then I worked too fast. Everybody was coming on my line. And I was like, oh, man, why don't you go to four and five? And everybody was coming again. And I was like, oh, I can't get out of here. I had to be on the floor and giving money change to the girls. So this guy, oh, my Lord, my line, I mean, it was a long, long one. And I said, excuse me, four and five is open. Nothing. Nobody moved. And I was like, I'm not even going to ask for the driver license anymore, for any ID. I'm just going to go this, do it this quick. And I was a baby Christian, okay? So I did it. This guy, so be careful. You, you might entertain angels and you don't even know it. Well, I'm going to go out of my notes anyway. It's got to be quick today. We don't have much time and you're not going to be here all night anyway. So this man came with two items. Slim, good-looking, gray hair, almost handsome like yours, <laughs> Pamela's. So he came to me, and I was like, choo, choo. so much. He gave me the credit card. 
and I ran it through. I didn't ask for anything. I couldn't wait to, to get those people out of there. And then he said, aren't you going to ask me for my ID? And I said, oh, no, here's the lying part. Oh, no, I know you. You've come here so many times. He said, right in my eyes, you don't know me, but I know you. Woo! I had those chills, my God, and I said, my God, I'm not going to lie again. I'm going to do my job so perfect. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, so we are not perfect. We like, yeah, and I was a baby, a, a Christian baby, a baby, a believer. Okay, so I did my job right. But I was complaining still. This lady, African-American lady, so sweet, a believer. She came and she said, I said, I don't know. People don't, don't want to go there. It's always here. She goes, sweetheart, there's a light that shines around you. And you attract people to you. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> felt so good. I didn't want to leave my register anymore. <laughs> I just wanted to love on people. This old man again came. Maybe it's a little testimony day, but there's one thing I have to get. It's about the gifts, okay? About the body of Christ. I got to go there. This um, old man came, nine years old. He was driving because I worked at the 99 cent store. I don't know if anybody and he remembers that store. They're closed about 14. Okay, I was, um, they asked me to be the manager, but I didn't want to be because my English was really bad and I didn't know, I didn't want to be responsible for the safe, uh, the safe and all that. So anyway, this old man, 90 years old, 90, he, he used to come with an old car and he would eat fruit. Like the girls will say, Maria, I'm going to send him away. Why? He's so old. Poor thing. Don't do that. While he's eating our fruit for free. I said, <laughs> I said, so what? I'll pay for it if I have to. Let him eat. We used to throw so much away at the end of the day. And then he was eating. And I said, no, don't worry. I'm going to watch it today. I'm going to watch him. And she said, one of them said, he usually asks us to take him to the car because it's so much groceries, it's hard for him. I said, don't worry, you call me. I'm the head cashier. Next time that he comes in, you call me. <laughs> this is funny. So he came, he came again, he was eating, and I was watching. He ate the seeds anywhere. But I never said anything. I said, uh, he was done paying for the food. And then I said, excuse me, do you need help uh, carrying your stuff to the car? He said, that would be wonderful. And I said, let's go. I'm going to help you. My name is Maria. I'm the head cashier. And uh, every time you come here, call me. Call, ask for me, for Maria. Well, guess what? He was a millionaire. I didn't know. It took me a long time to find out. So I started cooking. He lived in Jensen Beach. I should have known better. Over the water, and I was like, wow, nice place. <laughs> so I cooked, and I brought it over every week, cleaning the house. I'm going to pay you. No, 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 
no, no. This is from Jesus. I started ministering to him, ministering, telling him the, about the love of God. Then they said, Jehovah Witness, they keep coming to my house, and that's what I believe now. I said, no, you're not going to believe that. I'm going to help you, but you're going to believe me. I'm going to believe. I'm going to tell you the truth. The truth is the Bible, and I'm going to bring the Bible. I'm going to sit with you, and you're going to listen to me. I don't want a penny from you. I didn't even know he was a millionaire yet. So he said, all right, all right. <laughs> so <laughs> we started taking him to the doctors for tests. We did everything, me and, me and Joe. I am so blessed with my Joe, let me tell you. It was the best thing that God gave me besides my children. So we took him to, he had to do a test, you know, with a, okay, we all know that. So the niece was there, like very nice dressed and stuff. And she said, oh, I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to do that test. And I was like, oh, so you don't want to dirty your hands. I'm going to dirty mine. But that's okay, because God will give me the reward for that anyway. So I did it. I took the boop. Yeah, sample, which is simple, but it, it's from there. Okay, so I took it out <laughs> with a little thing. That's okay. I don't mind. I did it for my kids anyway. So, uh, and somebody is going to do for me too. So anyway, I took it out. I put it on a piece, uh, a bag, a little thing, and I took it to the doctor. Oh, don't be embarrassed. You all do it anyway. We are women. Let's go. This is our meeting. Okay. So I took it, and they said, oh, he's not doing too well. So I never left him. And the and then one day, I was cleaning and cleaning, and he would pee everywhere. I mean, he couldn't hold on anymore. You know what I said? I said, listen, don't you worry. I'm here for you my, with my husband until the end. He said, sit down. And I sat down. He said, I'm a millionaire. I said, it doesn't change me. I don't care about your money. What I care is that you go to Jesus. You receive Jesus. And you go into heaven. That's all I care about. He said, but what do, what do I have to do? And it, I told him, just make Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Receive him. Repent of your sins. Because he used to steal stuff and, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, the rich people are the worst ones. So even napkins. I found napkins in a house from everywhere. I found um He's gone already, so he's not watching. Anyway. I mean, he doesn't can listen. I found napkins. I found the salt and pepper and shakers from a Red Lobster. And I was like, Lord, where did he get this from? I was so naive. I couldn't get it. So I said, Uncle, Uncle Frank. And the, he, I called him Uncle Frank. Why, where did you get this? He said, never mind. You take one. I said, no, I'm not taking it. Okay. So, but and we went on and on, and then Joe told him, when we die, because he asked a lot of questions, we don't die, we go to sleep. And they said, for real? I said, yes. You want to receive Jesus? He said, today is my day. So he did receive Jesus Christ. He made him his, his Lord and Savior. He says, there's only one problem. I said, what? It, Joe told me that... We call that sleeping until Jesus comes, and then we're going to be raised up. And I said, yes. He said, I got to tell my family I want to go in pajamas, no underwear, and my rope. Guess what happened? He was in it. Uh, so cute. But he went to heaven. 
Okay? But before he went, he gave me $5,000. And then he put us on his will, 10000 But the family, uh, some of them want, wanted to give it, but the other ones took it. That's okay. I still love him. He's in heaven. That's all that matters. And I forgave the other one. This is the point. Because you, I didn't get the $10,000, I'm still praying for their salvation. I'm not mad. Okay? God blesses me. I'm blessed every day. Okay, I can make a difference in somebody's life, like you said, every single day. And if you think Maria walks with joy every Sunday through that door, that's how I live my life. I can go to a store and I'm not like this. No, I smile, I hold the door, I don't want to gossip, I don't, I don't have time to be on the phone, I spend a lot of time on FaceTime healing uh, people, the Lord is the healer, but healing people, praying for them, whatever is needed, I don't have time for that, okay? So I love everybody, when I walked in that door, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. As a matter of fact, the other day, I'm going to use you right now. Bethany was my hairdresser, okay? But I'm not, I was like, every time I needed her, she was there. And this night, it's not fair because she has her own, you know, clients every month or whatever. So one time she said she couldn't do it. So I waited and I was like, but I need it so bad. So I, my next door neighbor is a hairdresser. She's cool. Uh, she does uh, schooling to her child, uh, children. Homeschool, thank you. I love that because... This is the body of Christ working together. And um, I feel comfortable anyway. So, but for a long time, I didn't give her uh, a hug. And I missed that. And I was like, Lord, is she offended with me? Does she have something against me? Because I never called her again. And not too long ago, I approached her. And I hugged her. And I said, right? Do you have anything against me? No. Sometimes it's our minds. Do we have to check? Like you said, we have to check. I felt like maybe I offended her, and I don't want that. I want to, I want to have a clean heart. If I'm going to be here talking about the Word of God, I don't need to be um, pretending. I'm one person here, and outside them, I'm another one. Okay, today was going to be about the gifts and the callings in our lives. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to jump to the last thing. Okay, we were chosen, we already know, we are the light of the world, we're supposed to bear fruit. You cannot bear fruit if you're mad at yourself, if you're mad at somebody, don't tell me, it's almost like yours. You, we have to shine, we have to smile, we have to love them, no matter if we know them or if we're not. We have to be what God calls us to be. Now I was doing all this and I have a lot of stuff, but I'm going to jump to one thing. Everybody has gifts. Everybody has call, uh, calling or callings in their life. Okay, we are the body of Christ, right? Uh, one person can have five gifts, the fivefold. The other one could have two or three. The other, another one can have one. But we are like a puzzle all together. We are a puzzle, the body of Christ. A puzzle cannot be complete until we have all the gifts together, put together. When I was going over this, the Lord told me to do this. And I'm going to show you. It's not complete, is it? I, I don't know how to draw, but I just did this. There's one piece missing. So it's not complete. Same with the body of Christ. All your gifts and callings are needed in the body of Christ. It doesn't matter if it's um, holding the door. 
cleaning the toilets, uh, going around and greeting people when the new ones come in. I'm the one, I can say that, that I go to everybody. Are you new here? Is it your first time? And I hug them. I don't care if they have demons or not because the demons don't work with me. I don't allow them to work. As a matter of fact, my dog was attacked with a demon this week. And I was attacked with sickness. I almost went with the, to the hospital yesterday. But I know the power and authority that I have, that we all have. And I called Pastor Latasha. I said, I don't know if I can make it because I'm having a hard time breathing. And I had fever. And I was going, it was like up and down, up and down. Let me tell you, she prayed on her, in her house, in her own. I prayed. This morning I got up and I was like, devil, you're not going to stop me because if God told me about this, the body of Christ, that we are a puzzle, the, a puzzle has to be completed. I'm going to go. I'm going to put you in shame because of the Luke 9.1 tells me that I, Jesus gave us the power, all the power and authority against the power of the enemy. I'm going to use it. And I was like a crazy woman in that house. And here I am today. Okay. And my dog, even my dog, he had a demon. I saw a demon going in my puppy, seven months old. I grabbed that dog and I said, you devil, take your hands off in the mighty name of Jesus. This is my property. He is mine. He belongs to me. Get out in Jesus mighty name. All of a sudden the dog was okay. So we all have a calling. Never put yourself down. Always keep focusing on the word of God. The word of God is everything, okay? You got to understand what your callings are. Sometimes you, you need a prophet might tell you, oh, you're going to do this. You're going to serve God in a different way. You're going to go in a higher level. Well, whatever the Lord wants to say. But if we go by the word of God and we understand we have the revelation by the Holy Spirit. We got everything that we need inside of us. Then you're going to find out what your call is. Because you say, ooh, I've done this. Ooh, I feel like doing this. But you got to step out in faith. If you're going to sit on your chair in a comfort zone, oh, I don't know. I wonder, mm, should I? Oh, no, it's so embarrassed if it doesn't happen. No, that's the enemy telling you not to do it. You step up in faith. Not, never let, and don't let the devil let, put you down. I hate that thing so much, that, that, that creature, those creatures, because it's nuts. That's the high, the high, and don't tell me there's not, there's Satan, Python, Leviathan, and Jezebel, there's many Jezebels on the Jezebel. Don't think you, you cast one out and, oh, that's it. She's gone. No, there's a lot more. So, yes, demons, demons are real. Should we be happy? No, the Bible says, don't rejoice because you cast out demons because they obey you. Instead, be happy that your name is written in a book of life. Be why? Because God gave us the power. That's not, woohoo, I cast out demons. Ooh. No. It's a job for us to do. Jesus commanded us to do. He gave us the power and authority. It's just like raising the dead. I can't wait to see. Go to in a funeral home and say, get up in Jesus' name. Spirit, get in their body and raise up. Raise up in Jesus' name. I can't wait to do that. That's the only thing I haven't done. But I, one person came out of the coma one time from the Philippines. For God's glory from the Philippines because of people that I met, met in, a, in a ship, cruise ship. So you see, 
Don't put yourself down. We all have gifts. God needs us all. I'm not more than anybody else or anybody else more than me. When I look at you, I look at the body of Christ. We all need, we all are needed for the kingdom of God. Amen? Yeah. And I'll leave it at this. God bless you all. Thank you. Ha ha. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I made it in the devil is a liar. He's under my feet. He's under your feet. Stand up for your rights. And your rights, you know, our rights when we go to court, we know all our rights, right? Well, in the, the house of God, us Christians, born again believers, all our rights are here. If we go by this book, we have winners. No, you're okay. Hallelujah. Listen, I don't like anyone to leave out of here without us being able to pray. Thank you for coming. But the thing is, after the word is preached, we like to see how the Holy Spirit will go and confirm it with signs following because that's how we are. That's how we are as kingdom believers. So if you need prayer for anything, um, just pray in the Holy Ghost. Because, listen, we, don't, we empower women.